Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, how is everybody doing this week? I have had a great week and I have a really fun weekend planned ahead of me with my fiance. We're going to see Simple Plan tomorrow, which is tonight, Friday, when you're listening to this, when it's released. And then we're going to do mini golf and dinner on Saturday night, which will be really fun. And I'll be honest, I actually kind of hate mini golf, (laughs) but I'll share with you this fun thing that, that me and my fiance are doing each month. So each month we take it in turns to write out six or seven tree ideas onto pieces of paper kind of scrunched up and then we put them in a bowl for the other person to pick one out so they get this mystery treat that they get to pick out and we take it in turn so one month she gets a treat and the next month I get a treat and it could be something as small as a chocolate bar from the corner shop or it could be a voucher for her favorite online shop or whatever it might be or once I won <laughs> I won her doing the bins for an entire month because that's usually my chore so I, my treat was that she would do it for an entire month which was my favorite treat ever and so this month she has won me arranging a date day for her <laughs> and she loves mini golf so that's where we're going and I will go and I'm sure I will enjoy it <laughs> but if any of you like this idea as a cute thing to do with your partner steal it because we absolutely love it and it's just a really cute way for us to have nice plans and do nice things for each other and keep showing each other that we love each other so yeah definitely go steal that and it doesn't have to be pricey treats it could be them winning a night of picking what you watch on TV or winning you cooking them a romantic meal, something like that. Anyway, that little anecdote fits in quite nicely with the theme of today's episode, which is seven love lessons for Valentine's Day. And of course, I believe that Valentine's Day is just another day on the calendar, but I also know it's something that a lot of us feel so much anxiety and stress about and put a lot of pressure on. And I also believe Valentine's Day can be a really great opportunity in our relationships and not just our romantic relationships, but I'm jumping ahead. I'm going to get to that point. And I also want to say that whether you're single or you're in a relationship, there is something in this episode for you. So keep listening. Okay, let's start with the first love lesson. Number one is just because you do something when you love and care about someone doesn't mean that they would. And this is a really important one. A lot of my clients this Valentine's Day will have expectations of their partners, what they'd like them to do and exactly how they'd like them to do it. And then if their partner doesn't do those things, their brain is just waiting to use it as proof for how they don't really care about them. And this is what we call having a manual, which is a concept that I've done a whole other episode on. So definitely go and check that out if you've not listened to that already. But we end up with very specific manuals for how we want other people to show up and show us that they love us. And a lot of the time, we don't even tell the person what the manual is. We don't give them the heads up. We're not like, hey, I love receiving flowers. I'd love for you to get me some flowers this Valentine's Day. No, we just think it and then we make it mean something really terrible if they don't guess that that's what we wanted. And it's really important that we understand that our partner's brains are not the same as our brains. And that sounds really obvious, doesn't it? (laughs) But we all forget. And then we say things like, well, they should know I want to do something nice or be taken out. If they loved me, they'd want to do those things with me. 
because we're assuming that just because our brains think about Valentine's Day or gift giving in that certain way, that that means that everyone else's brains will too. But your partner's brain is totally different to yours. It might not share your way of thinking about Valentine's Day or gift giving or flowers. And so they might not automatically think to do the things you'd like them to do. And that has absolutely nothing to do with the amount of love they feel for you or how much they care about you. I remember when I worked in an office years ago, I would love having flowers delivered to me in my office. And I remember it happening a few times with an ex of mine. But I remember other women that I worked with, other girls I worked with, they said, oh my God, are you mortified? (laughs) And they were like, if my partner did that to me, I would kill them. I would hate that. I just hate any kind of show of public affection. I would never want them to send me flowers. I would actually die if they if they did that. And it's just so funny because I easily could have had that reaction to what my partner did. Luckily for her, I had a great reaction to it. I loved it. But our brains don't always think about everything in the exact same way. You know, if your partner is someone who would be really embarrassed by a big public display of affection, they're probably not going to assume that you're going to be really comfortable with it and do it for you. And if your brain is prone to making them not following your manual mean that they don't care about you, you've got to ask yourself, what is the evidence that they do care about me? Do they show that they love and care about me in ways that I'm ignoring when I'm expecting them to do things my way? And, you know, if you weren't using Valentine's Day or any other day for that matter to test how much our partners cared about us, we could just show up and really enjoy being with them. We could be like, hey, let's do something cute this Valentine's Day. I fancy trying this particular restaurant. Let's go and book it. Instead of sitting there feeling resentful and disconnected and waiting for them to do it. Me and my partner were really upfront about what we wanted to do this Valentine's Day. We said, let's go to the cinema and have a meal and we'll do cards, but we won't bother doing presents. And that way, we both know what we're doing. We both know what's expected of us and no one is going to be left disappointed. So if you know you want to do cards or presents or go on a cute date, tell them. Ask them if they're up for that. That way you're 10 times more likely to get what you actually want and avoid unnecessary drama. Okay, number two. Someone's ability to love you has nothing to do with you or your lovability. This is so important and I have another whole episode on lovability. It's episode 38. So definitely go and check that one out if you haven't listened to it already. But this concept really did change my life the first time my teacher taught it to me. Because, you know, we often make someone's ability to love us a reflection of us. So many of my clients will say this, if I was more attractive or more lovable, then they would want to be with me. Then they would want to go on more dates with me or then they would want to have sex with me more. They'd want to do this, they'd want to do that. But the amount of love someone feels for you is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of their brain. And their thoughts, their thoughts, which are products of their upbringing, their past experiences, societal conditioning that they've experienced, unique preferences and beliefs, past traumas they might have been through, all these things that you have zero control over and that determine the types of thoughts they have about you and about all the situations in their life. One person could have you as a partner and go all out for Valentine's Day and buy you flowers and a card and book a surprise date. And that actually has nothing to do with you as a partner. (laughs) That is about them and their thoughts. Their thoughts about romance. Their thoughts about their role in the relationship. Their thoughts about how they enjoy being shown love. Another person could have you as a partner and do nothing at all. 
and you would be the same you in either situation. You wouldn't change. Your enoughness, your attractiveness, your lovability doesn't determine how much someone loves you or how they are able to show that love or how they choose to show that love. So notice when you're wishing your partner's behavior would change and ask yourself, what am I imagining I'd get to believe about myself if that behavior did change? If the answer is you'd get to believe you're more lovable or important or good enough, that's where your work lies. Okay, number three, what other people post on Instagram is not their full experience. I'm going to say that again. What other people post to their Instagram accounts is not their full human experience. (laughs) It's so easy for us to scroll through Instagram and see other people at nice restaurants or all dressed up or with flowers and gifts and think, wow, their life is just amazing and so much better than mine. But what you're not seeing, because it's not posted to Instagram, is that person's full 50-50. And what I mean by the full 50-50 is their full human experience, the 50-50 of positive and negative emotion. Because every human gets the 50-50. Every human has a mix of positive and negative emotion simply because they have a human brain. It's unavoidable. But when you're seeing their highlighted positive 50%, you forget that they also have the negative. You don't see that maybe they bickered in the car with their partner on the way to that fancy restaurant, or that when they were getting ready, they felt really insecure in their new dress, or that they've been dealing with family drama all day and it's really weighing on their mind. Their life isn't better or worse than yours, it's just its own unique mix of the 50-50, positive and negative, just like yours is. And if your brain tells you that someone else on Instagram has a better life than you, ask yourself, What emotion is it that I imagine that person gets to feel that I can't feel right now? Because that's what you're believing. You're believing that there's some kind of emotional experience that they get to have that you are unable to have. Maybe it's happiness, love, confidence, security, peace. Whatever it is, it's available to you right now. Our emotions aren't created by the number of nice meals we go for or the house we live in or the outfit we're wearing, or the partner we have. There are people who will go out for romantic date nights on Valentine's Day and feel miserable. And there are people who will spend it at home alone and feel completely amazing, confident and secure. Because of what they're thinking. Because your thought in any given situation will always determine your emotional experience. Okay, number four. This may be more relevant for listeners who are currently single, but keep listening anyway if you're in a romantic relationship. Romantic love is not the superior type of love. It's not superior to any other type of love. And as a society, we've really fetishized romantic love. Most of our music is about romantic love. We watch rom-coms. We tell ourselves life will somehow be better when we have a romantic partner. We constantly ask each other, when are you getting married? Have you met anyone? What's going on in your romantic life? And yes, having a romantic partner is lovely. But similar to the previous love lesson, Being in a romantic relationship doesn't take you to a land of unicorns and rainbows where you no longer feel negative emotion. I was coaching one of my one-on-one clients on this a few weeks ago, who's currently single, and we were talking about how she feels like she's in a waiting room, just waiting to be called through to another room. And in that room, the land of being in a relationship, life is just amazing. And she'll get to feel happy and confident and finally feel enough. But that's a huge fantasy that the brain loves to offer us. Being in a relationship just means a new mix of the 
a new mix of positive and negative. Yes, you'll have a bunch of positive thoughts about the person and the stuff you'll get to do together, but you'll also have a bunch of negative thoughts about the person and new shit to have mind drama about. And when we're thinking about romantic love in this way, we're not actually fully enjoying and appreciating the other forms of love that we already have in our lives. Other kinds of love that are just as enjoyable and beautiful, but that we've downgraded in our minds as not being enough. The love we experience from our friends and family. There's so many other people who love us and want to spend time with us, yet we often don't let ourselves fully embrace that because we tell ourselves that it doesn't count. If you relate to this, I want you to really think about this idea. Why do you believe romantic love is somehow superior? What do you make being in a romantic relationship mean about you? What are you believing would magically change when you're in a romantic relationship? And when you're believing this story, what love in your life are you dismissing or not fully embracing? Okay, number five, the most important relationship you have is the one with yourself. This sounds so cheesy, doesn't it? And you've probably seen it written a million times on Instagram, but it is really so, so true. And you need to really understand why that is. You are the one person that you are stuck with for the rest of your life. And I want you to really think about the kind of relationship you currently have with you. So our relationships are really just our thoughts about the other person. If we have great thoughts about someone, we'll think we'll have a great relationship with them. If we have a lot of bad thoughts about someone, we probably think we have a pretty bad relationship with them. It's that simple. It's all just our thoughts about the other person. So for a moment, I want you to think about the thoughts that you currently have about yourself. What are your top five thoughts about yourself? Do you love yourself? Do you like yourself? Do you think you're amazing and beautiful? Do you think you're just okay? Do you think you're pretty terrible most of the time? Do you have a lot of critical and mean thoughts about yourself? We're often so focused on how other people think about us, our partners, the person we're dating, our friends. We spend so much mental energy trying to get them to think positive thoughts about us. But how much time do you spend trying to get you to have nicer thoughts about you? Your relationship with you deserves just as much, if not more, attention and importance placed on it as your relationship with anybody else. And it all begins by really doing a frank and honest audit of the thoughts you currently think about you. I have a freebie that's really useful for this. It's called the Self-Esteem Building Kit. So I'll put the link to it in the show notes. So definitely check that out. And what working on your thoughts about yourself really involves is first noticing what you currently think about you and then finding more neutral thoughts that even feel just 10% better. And I'll tell you the reason for this. A lot of us try using affirmations and then find that they don't really do anything. And that's because you're trying to believe thoughts that just don't feel believable to you. Going from I'm ugly to I'm beautiful is just too much of a jump. Your brain is not going to get on board with believing that. So saying it to yourself in the mirror each morning is not going to help. The biggest shifts in your mindset come from continuous small steps. And those small steps come from practicing more neutral sounding thoughts that do feel believable right now. For example, I'm beautiful might be too much of a jump, but there are some things that someone could find attractive about me could be much more believable. So go check out that freebie if you haven't already. It's going to be a really useful tool for you in working on your own thoughts about you. Okay, number six, you don't feel their love. I'm sorry, Adele, but you cannot make any of us feel your love because that's not how it works. Most of us will say things like, he makes me feel loved when he does this. Or she makes me feel so unloved when she, whatever. 
but another person's actions is never what creates your experience of being loved because your brain is always what creates your emotions. So their actions happen, maybe they buy you flowers or they tell you that they love you or bring you soup when you're poorly and you have the thought, they love me and then you feel a positive emotion. And we know this is true because I bet there's been times when you've done what you felt was a really loving action for someone. Maybe you've given your partner a hug or you've bought them a present and they haven't felt loved. Maybe they even had a negative emotion, a negative response to what you did because of what their brain thought in that moment. Your partner could take the bins out for you and you could think, oh, that's so nice of them. They love me and feel good. But the whole time they could have been thinking negative thoughts about you and resenting you as they did it. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? You actually have no idea what emotion they're feeling in their body. And the emotion they're feeling doesn't create the emotion that you will feel. There are people all over the world feeling incredibly unloved whose partners feel so much love for them. Because love is an emotion in your body caused by the sentences in your mind. So if your partner thinks loving thoughts about you, they will feel the sensation of love in their body. And if you think loving thoughts about your partner, you will feel the sensations of love in your body, but you don't feel each other's. Yes, you may have nice thoughts about the actions that they take when they're feeling love, but it's still your nice thoughts that create your positive emotion, not their action. So if you notice you're feeling unloved this Valentine's Day, I want you to get curious about the sentences in your own brain. Ask yourself, what are the facts of this person's behavior? And what are my thoughts about it? What am I making it mean? And is that really what it has to mean? How might that not be true? When I make this mean that they don't care about me, what evidence am I ignoring that they perhaps do care? What am I imagining they're thinking in this moment? And what else could actually be going on for that? Okay, finally, number seven. Focus on loving rather than being loved. Often we are so focused on how we want other people to show us that they love us that we don't spend any time at all considering how we're going to intentionally generate feelings of love for other people. And I want to really make one thing clear. Women are often taught by society to be givers and not to ask for anything in return and just to focus on other people's needs. And that is definitely not what I'm advocating for here or what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about focusing on giving love to others in a way that's at our own expense. I'm not talking about trying to show them love so that you can finally feel loved back and earn their approval. That is not it at all. You can feel love for someone. You can feel the emotion of love for someone in your body and not take any particular action. You can feel love for someone in your body and say no to what they're asking of you. You can love someone deeply and have boundaries with them. What I'm talking about here is you getting to enjoy feeling the emotion of love in your body for the other humans in your life. Because remember, love is an emotion in your body created by your own thoughts, which means in any given moment, you get to think lovingly about anyone in your life and enjoy the feeling of that love in your body. And this is a gift for you because it feels amazing. It's not a gift for anybody else. And sure, you may choose to go and take action based on those feelings that other people may have nice thoughts about and enjoy. But either way, this is just an amazing feeling that you get to enjoy experiencing. I bet you have loved ones that have passed away. And when you think about them fondly, you feel love. You don't take any action. They're not there for you to speak to or express that love to. But you still get to feel it. 
So what if instead of focusing on whether other people are feeling love for you this Valentine's Day, you focus on how you could feel more love for other people? Think of all the amazing humans in your life and why you love and appreciate them. Take time to think intentionally about them in that way and enjoy feeling love for them. And consider, is there a way I'd like to express that love? Who do I want to be as a partner, friend or family member this Valentine's Day? How do I want to show up for the people that I appreciate the most? And just imagine if you could do that, show up in that loving way, simply because it felt amazing for you. Not because you expected or needed something back in return. Not because you needed them to return it so that you could believe you're lovable. But just because loving feels good for you. Use Valentine's Day as an opportunity to flex your own love muscle and improve your own ability to love the amazing, imperfect humans in your life, including yourself. Okay, guys, that's all I've got for you today, and I hope it was useful. And I also hope that however you spend Valentine's Day, you love yourself fiercely. The next round of my group coaching program is in May, so I'll put the link for the waitlist in the information section of this episode. You're going to want to get on the waitlist because this is how you will be the first to know when doors open and you'll be able to get the 10% off discount when the doors open. So make sure you go get on the list. If you are loving this podcast, I would love for you to do a little something for me. Could you please go and give it a little rating on whatever platform it is that you're listening from? That would mean the absolute world to me and it'll keep me reaching more and more people with this work. I hope you all have lovely weekends and I will speak to you all next week. Bye. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 